Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. This means they had wasted 18 years of trying to fix their own problems their own way. God gave them 18 years to figure out, my way don't work. After 18 years, you're still going to say, it ain't time to go do anything for God. The reason I say this is because a lot of people listening to me right now, you've been trying to do it your way for a long time and you still haven't asked God to help. You still hadn't turned it over to him yet. 18 years. And their way never worked. Not until they repented. Then changes are going to happen. But I want to ask a question. Why did God have them seemingly waste that much time? To show them beyond all reasonable doubt that their way doesn't work. So that's what the first thing we get out of that timestamp. The second thing we get out of the timestamp it shows us they got busy building the temple 23 days after Haggai first brought the word of the Lord to them. 18 years trying to make it work. Didn't work. Haggai says, consider your ways. Check yourself out. And then in 23 days, they're working on the temple. So as it says, verse 1 was the first day, but verse 15 says the 24th day. That's a 23-day difference. So why, though, I'm still going to, I'm going to drill it even harder because this 23 days still concerns me. How come they didn't get to work on it that day? Why did they wait 23 days to build the house of the Lord? Were they slow? No, that's not why. The sixth month, as it says in our timestamp, the sixth month was harvest time for figs, grapes, and pomegranates. That's harvest time. Now, wait a minute, Ray. Harvest? I thought you said God called a drought on them and they were hungry. What harvest is there? There's a drought. Yes, there is a drought. That's true. But after they turned back to him, God said in verse 13, I am with you. You can't work very well on an empty stomach, can you? When you're weak and you're cold and everything, everything's wrong with you, you're expecting me to build a whole temple? A man's got to eat to work. So apparently what I see is the Lord performed a huge miracle out of nowhere to provide a huge harvest enough to strengthen his people up for the job. They've been in a drought, not enough food, build the temple. I'd love to, but what have I got to eat? I'll take care of that. And in 23 days, they were working. (laughs) You see this? I'm not making this up, am I? It's in there, right? Rebuild the temple, but here, get yourself something to eat first. Friends, when God calls you to do something, he will also build you up first so that you can do it. Don't be afraid of God's calling. This is too big. How do I do this? Don't worry. He'll get you there. But I don't see it. I'm in a a spiritual drought. I don't have anything. God will give it to you. Don't worry. Just be willing to obey. He'll take care of that. 
Israel had just realized our provider is not money. Our provider is our God. If you read Ezra 4, it talks about external opposition that the Israelites had. There were people that were trying to prevent them from building the temple. They made it every bit as hard as anything to rebuild the temple. The reason why, if they rebuild a temple, Nehemiah was in this, if they rebuild a wall, they're going to become a superpower and then we're going to have to fight them. So let's stop them from building all that stuff. But this is what's awesome about Haggai 1 because they were building it anyway. Friend, despite the enemy's opposition in your life, when God calls you to something, obey and he will equip you. He'll deal with the enemy and he'll show you how to deal with the enemy. Trust me, doing ministry and you understand any of you living a Christian life, you know the enemy's out to get you and there are times you want to quit. Let God deal with it. You just obey what he called you to do. This makes Haggai 1 such a good chapter. It shows how the Lord works against people who are living in sin, who are beaten down and defeated, not so that he can beat them down more, but so he can call them to repentance so they can experience victory. God is not against you to hurt you. God is against you to show you your way of doing things is going to get you in trouble. And you got to turn around. God, why are you doing this to me? Look at what you're doing. Consider your ways. God's trying to save you. He's not doing this to beat them down more, but to call them to turn around so, they, so that they can experience the victory that they could never achieve on their own. But to get there, they first had to listen. So many people won't listen to God. I ain't got time. I don't have time to church. I don't have time for prayer. I don't have time for uh, giving. I don't have time for tithing. I don't have time for this. I'm too busy with my stuff, paneling my house. You realize what you're paneling your house with is what God gave you to serve him with. The Lord spoke to Haggai, a sharp rebuke. Consider yourselves. You've been living in sin And because the Lord wanted them, the Lord wanted them. Friends, this is because the Lord wants you. He first had to break them. He had to break their pride. Proverbs 16, 18 says, Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. The the Israelites in this chapter, they had endured an 18-year fall of destruction. Nothing they ever did ever worked out because God blew it all away. You ever feel like that? Everything I try to do just turns into nothing. You consider God's trying to break your pride? Well, I'm not proud. Well, we'll find out. Nothing they did work because God blew it away. To break their pride, to get them to turn away from self-glorification, God had to break them to get them to start turning towards glorifying God not themselves. And the pivotal turning point was where they finally spun around back to the Lord, and that is when they feared Him and obeyed Him. Proverbs 9.10 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That's when you finally wise up. Haggai helps us to re-examine our priorities. Consider your ways. I promise you that our culture has programmed us to be more interested in our own work than rolling up our sleeves to do the work that God commanded us to do for Him. You're pre-programmed from the day you show up here on this earth. You're pre-programmed. It's all about you. You're number one. No, sir. 
The Lord God is number one. We should be prioritizing Him. Too many Christians, they don't fear the Lord. They invented another one, a false God that says, I'm okay if you don't serve me. I just want you to have a good time. Go play. And that's why their every move is hell-bent on doing everything for themselves. Have you ever wondered why everything you always work on seems like it's being taken away from you? But why is everything taken away from me? Perhaps the Lord is blowing it away from you to break your pride, to humble you down so that you will obey His way instead of obeying your way. Israel was not doing what God said. This people, God said, as in who are you? Because the way you're acting, you sure don't look like my people. Jesus said in John 14, 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. I think the biggest pain that always hits me is the number of friends that I love dearly. They tell me they're a Christian. They tell me they're good with God. They tell me they're going to heaven and they never do any one thing that God ever tells them to do. The top one is love people. They go to war on social media and they destroy everybody about everything they disagree with. That's You're breaking commandment right there. If you say you're his, how come you're not doing what he tells you to do? Why is it okay to not do what God says, but you know good and well, if you don't do what your boss tells you to do, you're going to lose your job and not get a paycheck. Why do we say, oh, I got to do what my boss says or I'm in trouble, but God, I don't have to do what you tell me. Why do we have that mentality? Because we're self-serving. Why do so many people blow God off to the side, but they get so mad when God... Blows them off to the side. God, why are you doing this to me? Uh uh uh. Why are you doing this to him? Friend, if you're mad at God, if you're angry at God for this, then understand that the reason he's doing this to you is because he's trying to save you from the destruction of your sin. Don't get mad at him, he's trying to help you. Have you been taking what belongs to the Lord and using it for your own luxury? You're dropping everything you've got into a bag of holes. Are you taking what belongs to the house of God so that you can panel your house? Okay, I'm going to make this as blunt clear as I possibly can. Because Jesus is coming back soon, I don't have time to play. Those who worship money are those who will not give to the house of God. Those who worship money, I need my money. That's the problem. You call it my money. You think it's yours. Oh, Ray, you're just dressing me up for the giving box now. No, 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 I'm not. I'm just giving you the perspective. Look what happened to Israel. He broke their economy because they were spending it on themselves. Those who worship money are those who will never give to the house of God because they want to keep it all for their glory. And that is the reason why everything you seem to put your hands to always fails. If God is able to provide for you everything, if you believe God can provide everything, but you keep losing everything, then obviously the problem is you're not doing what God told you to do. If he can provide, but it ain't happening, something's wrong. And that something wrong is the sinner. Deuteronomy 5.33, it says, walk in obedience to all that the Lord your God has commanded you so that you may live and prosper. Do what God says, and then you'll prosper. Now, I can just see Mr. Spock when I say this, live long and prosper. You know, Spock didn't give us the whole statement. (laughs) To live long and prosper, first, you got to be obedient to the Lord and do what he told you to do. Friends, this is what's wrong with America today. 
everybody's a Christian, but nobody's obeying. They're all Christians out there. Oh, we're all saved. But nobody's doing what the Lord said. We need to look in the mirror. We really, really do. Times are changing fast. I even hear unbelievers, people that don't serve God at all, tell me they're getting scared. Does this have yet to scare you into serving the Lord God? We need to look in the mirror. We need to consider our ways. If you truly believe the Word of God, if you truly believe that Jesus is coming soon, and if you truly believe that this world is a sinful mess, then you must also believe that it is the Lord God who is right now breaking the nation's pride. It is the Lord God who is breaking the pride of America, not politics. The Lord God is doing this. Everybody, please stop prioritizing money. Everybody, please stop politicizing everything. The Lord God is doing this. America is three sheets to the wind, drunk on politics. The Lord broke down the Israelites' economy because they turned away from Him. He did this. The Lord is doing this. You can't elect the right guy that's just going to fix it. Friends, if you want to survive the mess that's going on today, because you know, this whole nation may not turn, but you can. You can turn. Here's what you do. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct your path. Today, most people, they read it like this. The way they're living, they say, trust in your money with all your heart and lean not on your God. In all your ways, acknowledge your political party and they shall direct your path. Let's get it right. Consider your ways. Why do we put our earnings into a bag with holes? Let's get busy building the house of God so that we will stop glorifying ourselves and start glorifying the Lord God who offers you eternal life. As a leader whose spirit is stirred up by the Lord, just like he did with Zerubbabel and Joshua, I'm just doing what God told me to do so that perhaps some of you will follow suit to take what you have and help with me build the house of the Lord. What is the house of the Lord? 1 Corinthians 3.10 But let each one take heed how he builds on it, for no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear for the day. We'll declare it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work, which he has built on it, endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him, for the temple of God is holy which temple you are. That's building the house of God. I'm here to build you up in Messiah Jesus with the word of God. And hopefully and prayerfully that you go out and do the same to others. That is building the house of God. Now I'm doing what I can. 
What about you? Are you telling people about Jesus? Friends, let's build the house, the temple of God. That's us. You build it by taking what God has given you. You reach others with the gospel. So consider your ways. Are you building on the foundation of you? Or are you building on the foundation of Christ? To think that God sent Haggai to a rebellious people so that they would turn from their sin and be blessed, that that offer is still given, extended to you and me. 1 Timothy 1.15, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. I'm the worst sinner I know of in this room because I know what I've done. Israel was not obeying God. The Lord brought them out of exile. He returned them back to Jerusalem. He saved them. And they didn't even think that warranted any obedience whatsoever. Today, most people insist that they're saved. They believe they were brought back out of the exile of sin, but most of them are not obeying the commands of God. They don't think their salvation warrants any kind of obedience whatsoever. I'm saved. Really? How come you're not obeying? Because I don't have to. Really? Is Jesus your Lord? Yes. What does Lord mean? I don't know. It means he's the boss. That means when he says do something, you do it. Is he your Lord? Yeah. Are you doing what he said? No. Well, then is he your Lord? I don't know. You better consider your ways. Better look in the mirror. You've spent a lot of time trying to fix your own problems, but it never works. Then perhaps it's time to recognize that it's because the Lord is blowing away all your gains. Everything you put your hands to, if it's not working, you need to consider God is doing something. He's trying to break your pride because pride comes before destruction. Friend, God is not trying to hurt you. He wants to save you. Galatians 2.20. Let me show you how far of a turnaround we got to do. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. If Jesus can give himself for you, then why can't you give yourself for him? This is the first passage I ever read over a microphone with a speaker system. My boss had a speaker system. He said, Ray, we got to try it. It's for a wedding. I was at work where I used to work. It was a nice, cool day. A front was just coming through, and so the air was going through all the offices. So everybody in the office park where we worked, we all opened all our doors on both sides. Everybody let all that nice air come through. He put that speaker out in the parking lot. He says, Ray, will you test it? We ought to get the pastor to test it because Ray wants to be a pastor. I said, okay. So you got all these offices of open doors and open windows all over the place. And this is what I did. I turned it up and I said, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And all these people started going. (laughs) Probably one of the biggest audiences I ever had. Friend, (laughs) you have to die to yourself. You have to die to your old life. You have to say, my way doesn't work. Goodbye. Get it out of your life. And you've got to turn to receive what God offers you. The Israelites had to stop and turn. Some people say, but Ray, if I stop what I'm doing to put God first, then how will I be able to get the things I need to get by with? Matthew 6, Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. You remember when Israel trusted the Lord? He said, I am with you. 
I'm with you. Put God first and he will provide for you. Put God first and he will equip you. He will never leave you if you will obey him. Those of you who are listening to me right now, wherever you're at, you're broken, you're hurt, you're mad at God, you're upset at God, you blame God. The reason he's breaking you is because he's got to squeeze every last drop of that pride out because he wants to replace it with better. Pride is running you into destruction. You think God hurts. Where you're headed is worse. And he's got to break that pride out of you to replace it with glorifying him instead of glorifying yourself. I want you to understand why you're being broken. I want you to understand why this hurts because God's trying to take you from doing things your way to doing things his way. And we are always scared of change because we fear it. We don't know where it's going to get us. But I'm telling you, you can trust the Lord God with this turn. Let him take it. If you take a knife that's dull, the knife can't cut like it should. So what do you do with it? You take a whetting stone that's very abrasive and you take that knife and you rub it and it builds friction. It's abrasion. It hurts. If the knife could speak, the knife would say, this hurts. The knife would say, you're taking edges off of me that I used to have. You're taking away from me. But to the one who is sharpening the knife, he would say, yes, but I'm making you more capable of doing what you're made to do. I'm making you capable of doing what you were built for. So let the Lord break your pride. Let the Lord sharpen you. I know it hurts, but he's equipping you. He's building you to be able to do what you were put here to do. And so in 1 Corinthians 11 and 23, it says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night which he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's eat this bread. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Jesus Christ died. I will proclaim his death. He died for my sins. He died for my salvation. And he is coming back. Amen. Amen. Friends, I, I'm, I'm pleading with you. I'm pleading that as the Lord has stirred my spirit, that he stirs yours to understand that the trial you're going through, the pressure that you're going through is not to hurt you. It's not to hinder you. It's to break you of your pride so that you can be set free to turn and serve the Lord God. We need to glorify God not ourselves. You are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you. Thank you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry 
of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.